What's up, everybody? Welcome back to more Shooting the Schmidt. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith. Got a really exciting show for you today. It's a lot of college football. That's mainly all it is. We're going to go over the Sunday night football game. Chiefs and Ravens just started off. And after that, it's it's all college football the rest of the way. We, we may preview a little bit of tonight's Packers-Lions game, depending on how much time we have left. But Wednesday is going to be basically all NFL, so I didn't want to give away too, too much for that. So be on the lookout for the podcast on Wednesday if you're here for the NFL stuff. So let's get started with this Sunday night football. Incredible game. Every primetime game so far has been really good. You know, the NFL's, I think, 5 for 5. I think that's the number. In terms of these primetime games being awesome, last night, no exception, Ravens win 36-35. If you missed it, man, you missed a good one. So let's start with the Chiefs. So Mahomes loses his first career game in the month of September, throws his first career interception in the month of September, which is crazy as is. But, man, the Chiefs, they've, they've got some problems. You know, they, they still need to improve the offensive line. I know they completely revamped it in the offseason. And I know that the Ravens have a good defense. And I know if you look at the the stat book, the Ravens didn't record a sack. But that's because Mahomes was getting rid of the ball quickly. He was under pressure for a lot of the game. I know he had the in- intentional grounding at one point. And something that I think could really help them in terms of the pass protection and everything is if they commit to the run more. They never committed to the run last night. You know, Even though they were up for most of the game, they, they only ran the ball 18 times. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's a good back. He used a first-round pick on him a couple years ago. And, and in the games that he's played, I know he was hurt for a lot of last year. He's looked like a really good back. And I know he fumbled late, but look, he's got to get more than 13 carries. That's all they gave him, okay? And it's not like they were trailing for most of the game, but they didn't trail until the fourth quarter with about three minutes left. And I just I don't understand why they didn't come to the run. Like, I know you've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and these guys, but a commitment to the run opens things up for those guys even more, especially with the way that the Ravens were playing defense you know, they're, they're playing coverage most of the time, wanting the Chiefs to run the ball. And, yes, I was just surprised that the Chiefs didn't try to run the football more than what they did. Now, look, I can critique, you know, the Chiefs offense all I want. At the, the end of the day, you know, Chiefs offense scored 28 points. You know, they it's not, it's not like the offense played bad, right? But, man, the defense. You Look, if you give up 36 points in the NFL, you're, you're probably not going to win. That's just kind of the way it is. And you give up 36 points, and you give up over 200 yards rushing. Now, I know this Ravens offense is really tough to stop, and they run the football better than anyone in the league. But, man, Chris Jones, if they're going to play him at the end spot and not at defensive tackle, he's going to have to really develop in terms of how he plays the read option because the Ravens just picked on him. They picked on him all night. Every time they ran the read option, they ran it right at Chris Jones, and they made him make the decision. And a lot of times it... It was the wrong one, so they really have to kind of help Chris Jones get up to snuff when it comes to defending the read option. And look, man, it was, yeah, and, you know, the Chiefs defense did what the Chiefs defense does. They forced two turnovers, which is usually, you know, what they want to do, right? You know, the Chiefs go go into games, they want to force one or two turnovers to get Mahomes a couple extra possessions. And look, if you give, you know, the best quarterback in the league two extra chances to score, you're probably going to win, right? Especially when you've got, you know, Andy Reid as the head coach and Eric Bieniemy and, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and these guys. 
But, you know, the defense really has to improve at stopping the run. You know, this rings true at, at every level. If you can't stop the run and you don't run the football well, it's going to be really tough to win games. So they're going to have to really kind of develop their run defense and things of that nature. So with that, let's move over to the Ravens. Man, they can run the ball. You know, they run one of the most unique offenses ever. I mean, it's quite possibly the most unique offense in league history, right? Lamar Jackson, the strides that he's made throwing the ball, and I know it's not pretty. I know he missed Hollywood Brown on the opening drive, and he didn't have a super pretty motion, but the development that he's made from his rookie year to now, he's gotten so much better. He's throwing the ball on the run. He looked good. I love how competitive he is. He cares so much. And when you pair that with how elusive and explosive he is, I mean, it's it's just it it's a recipe for success. You know, he cares what it feels like he cares more than everybody else on the Ravens, right? Taking hits, th- throwing the stiff arm late in the game and putting his head down on the fourth and one, which was an awesome call, right? John Harbaugh being like, Lamar, you want to go for it? It's like, yeah, yeah, of course he wants to go for it. Like, you've been getting one yard all night long. They could they could get one yard whenever they wanted it. I love the call. I love the play, too. It wasn't like there was no question who was touching the ball. The way that they came out, you knew they're going to run power with Lamar Jackson behind the fullback. Right? And with the game on the line, they gave the ball to their best player. Their best player touched the ball. Hopefully, Coach Harson was watching, you know, the, the head coach at Auburn. And man, I, I was impressed with, you know, the Ravens' defense, too. I, I thought that they played really well. You know, they, they hold, you know, the Chiefs' offense to only, you know, 28 points. And look, if you hold that Chiefs' offense to under 30 points, then you did, you know, everything that has been asked of you and more, okay? And they, they, play, they played a little differently. They didn't blitz as much as they usually do. And look, it worked, you know, it worked well enough for them to win. And obviously, you know, the, the big strip late was was big as well. And yeah, so last night, awesome game, as we knew it would be. Whenever the Ravens and Chiefs play, it's it's always a great game. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into college football. We're going to kind of round up all the games. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take a glimpse at every Power 5 team's games. And then we'll, we'll get to the big games at the end. You know, Cincinnati, Indiana, Alabama, Florida, and Auburn, Penn State. And yeah, so we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Excuse me. And man, college football, what a weekend. College football, Saturdays, there's just nothing like it. Waking up, watching game day, or you know, whatever they do over on Fox. And oh man, so let's get into it. We're going to start this college football roundup with the ACC Oh, man. So, ACC continues to look very weak. So, (laughs) Louisville beats UCF on Friday night in what was an awesome game. Um, West Virginia takes down number 15, Virginia Tech, 27-21. I guess it's an upset. You know, an unranked team beats a ranked team. But West Virginia was favored in Vegas. I believe they were a a two-and-a-half-point favorite going into the game. And, look, Virginia Tech, they didn't throw the ball super well. You know, Burmeister, 19-31. Barely over 200 yards, two touchdowns, no pick, no picks. QBR of 37, like that's just not good. They didn't run the ball super well either, only averaging two and a half yards a carry. They just, the offense was lacking, and West Virginia took full advantage of that. And then Michigan State takes down Miami, 
in an upset. Michigan State, 3-0. Man, the, the turnaround there is going quick. Man, they just ran the ball all over Miami. Ran for just under 200 yards. You know, their their main back, Walker, averaged six yards a carry. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they just controlled the line of scrimmage, much like Alabama did to Miami. Now, Miami unranked, and, you know, it makes that Alabama win over Miami look less and less good, I guess, is the word I'm looking for there. Pittsburgh gets beat by Western Michigan. Oh, man, that's that's rough. Syracuse beats Albany. Boston College beats Texas. Wake Forest crushes Florida State 35-14. to I mean, Florida State played Notre Dame close, and... This it makes Notre Dame look worse and worse the more games that they lose. They're they're 0-3 to start. The Mike Norvell experience down there in Tallahassee does not look good. Clemson barely beats Georgia Tech 14-8. to I mean, it's just... This Clemson team so far has just not lived up to expectations. DJ Ugalele just didn't play great. 18-25 for only 126 yards. They're not really stretching the field. They ran the ball okay... I mean, they just, yeah, they're they got to figure it out offensively there because that defense can play. You know, we saw that in the Georgia game. They just, they got to figure it out. Duke beats Northwestern, NC State beats Furman, and then North Carolina hands it to Virginia, fifty nine to thirty nine. The quarterback for Virginia played extremely well, thirty nine of fifty four for five hundred and fifty four yards, four touchdowns and a pick. But it wasn't enough. Sam Howell did Sam Howell things for UNC. He's you know, one of the best quarterbacks coming out this year. He's, you know, been really impressive kind of his whole career. So that's the ACC. We'll move on next to the Big 12, where Oklahoma barely beat Nebraska 23-16. This Oklahoma team is looking more and more overrated as the weeks go by. They barely beat Tulane in week one. Ole Miss crushed them this weekend. They barely beat Nebraska here. I mean... It's rough, and people are saying, you know, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. Nebraska's two and two right now. You know, they are more than capable of finishing the year at, at six and six or better. Yeah, Oklahoma not really meeting expectations right now. You know, they had the crazy interception late. That's 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 the interception of the year. It was absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, they ran the ball well. Spencer Rattler was okay, only threw for two hundred yards and a touchdown. So they're. I'm surprised that they're not better offensively at this point in the year against a bad Nebraska team. Uh, Kansas State beat Nevada pretty handily. Baylor handed it to Kansas. Texas Tech. Texas Tech beat FIU. Texas bounces back after their loss to Arkansas. It beats Rice 58 to zero. Oklahoma State sneaks out a win over Boise State, and then Iowa State crushes UNLV 48 to three. So from there, we'll move to the Big Ten. Big Ten, man. The Big Ten looks pretty solid this year. Maryland beats Illinois. That game was on Friday, 20-17. Cincinnati ends up beating Indiana. We'll go pretty in-depth on that game here in a bit. Michigan beats Northern Illinois, 63-10. That Michigan hadn't played anybody yet, so I still really don't know what to think about them. They lost one of their better receivers for the season, I believe, in, in week one, so... Jim Harbaugh, he, he's got a couple more weeks, and then they take on Wisconsin. That'll be their first real test. They play Rutgers this Saturday. Minnesota beat Colorado 30-0. Notre Dame beat Purdue 27-13. Probably the best that Notre Dame's looked, and they looked okay. I mean, this new quarterback, Cone, he's just he's not it. He's not 
he's not good enough to lead them to the playoff. I mean, he's 15 of 30. Like, that's only 50% completion percentage for barely over 200 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Thankfully, they, they ran the ball pretty well. You know, their starting running back averaged over seven yards a carry. So, look, if, if they can run the ball like that, then they may have a shot to beat Cincinnati here in a couple weeks. But Cone's, Cone's going to have to figure it out in terms of his ability to, to throw the football. Iowa handles Kent State. Ohio State handles Tulsa. Rutgers wins. And then obviously Penn State beat Auburn. That's another game that we'll go more in-depth on a little bit later. Moving on to the Pac-12. And then we'll finish it up with the SEC after this. Oregon State crushes Idaho. Let's be honest, though. You don't care about Oregon State. USC, first game after firing Clay Helton, wins 45-14. to And, man, they... You know, they bring in this freshman darts to play quarterbacks. Slavis only threw two passes. He goes 30 of 46 for just under 400 yards, four touchdowns, and two picks. They didn't really run the ball, man. They they threw it 48 times, only ran it 25 times. Only averaged two yards a carry, too, so they're going to have to improve their, their ability to run the football if they want to compete with the UCLA's and Oregon's of the world. California beats Sacramento State, Washington. Crushes Arkansas State. Utah gets beat by San Diego State. Man, the Pac-12 just looks bad this year. Oregon crushes Stony Brook. Stanford beats Vanderbilt. Arizona loses to Northern Arizona. Arizona is so bad. and Which is such a shame because they're in a state that's fil- filled with talent and they just can't seem to recruit any of it. Arizona State gets beat by BYU. And then big upset here. Fresno State takes down UCLA. Now, if you remember week one, Fresno State really pushed Oregon. Oregon only won by three points that game, or seven points that game, and they actually dropped Oregon in the rankings after the game. But this Fresno State team has proven to be really tough. Uh, Hayner, their quarterback, he can really sling it. You know, he's 39 of 53 for 455 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. That's a really good game. Anytime you throw for over 400 yards, you know, you had a day to say the least. They ran the ball pretty well. They're starting running back average six and a half yards a carry. You know, the UCLA defense, you know, it looked good against LSU, but LSU is proving to be less and less formidable. Thompson, starting quarterback, played okay for UCLA, 14-24, just under 300 yards, th- three touchdowns, no picks. They ran the ball well. The, the problem wasn't the offense. The The defense just did not play well in that game. And, look, when, when you give up, you know, over – 500 yards and maybe 600 yards of total offense. You don't deserve to win anyway. And yeah, Fresno State just marched it up and down the field all night on UCLA. Moving over to the SEC, Arkansas handles Georgia Southern. A&M shuts out New Mexico. Kentucky escapes against Chattanooga, winning 28 to 23. That'd have sucked if they'd paid UTC $450,000 for them to come in and beat them. But Kentucky escapes. Missouri beats Southeast Missouri State. Tennessee shuts out Tennessee Tech. Alabama barely beats Florida. They beat them by two. We'll go more in depth on that game here in a minute. Mississippi State loses to Memphis, which is, that's Mike Leach, okay? Like, you're going to win some games you're not supposed to win, and you're going to lose some games that you should win. That's just, you know, kind of the the ups and downs of having a coach like Mike Leach and playing that air raid offense. Georgia beats South Carolina 40-13. LSU beats Central Michigan 49-21. Ole Miss slams Tulane 61-21, and Ole Miss didn't even score in the fourth quarter. They really kind of pulled back there. So there's your 
quick rundown. Now we're going to get into the big games of the weekend. So we will start with Cincinnati and Indiana. I got to watch a little bit of this game. I was working while the game was going on. And every time I looked up, man, Indiana had the lead. And especially early there, you know, but Cincinnati eventually figured it out. Quarterback played, you know, well enough to win, 20-36, 210 yards, a touchdown and a pick. And they ran the ball pretty well, too. Their defense and special teams, though, is really kind of what helped them out this game. You know, Tucker with the 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. That's kind of – that's huge, right? Anytime, you know, you can have – you can turn a kick for a touchdown. The defense, I thought, played well. Um. Yeah, and the Indiana, you know, I'm I'm watching the game, and man, My- Michael Penix Jr. I mean, you you got to play better, man. There's really no no there's no excuse. Okay, he's 17 of 40. That is absolutely terrible. He threw three picks. He's just not playing as well as he did last year, and that's why this Andy Indiana team isn't isn't seeing the success that they saw last year. They didn't run the ball super well. You know, they averaged four yards a carry, but you know, 37 yards came on came off of one rush. So, I mean, it's just this Indiana team just isn't as good as what people thought that they would be. And, yeah, so let's move on to Florida-Alabama. Now, this game was crazy, right? So, Alabama comes out in, you know, the first quarter and goes up 21-3. to And it's like, we're going to have an absolute route. This game is going to be an absolute blowout. Just as, you know, a lot of people thought it would be, including me. I thought there was no way Florida would cover. Obviously, they did. They covered the 14.5-point spread, obviously, very easily. And then the second quarter comes around, and Florida does a great job of mucking the game up. I thought the game plan by Dan Mullen was great. We're going to run Emory Jones. I was really surprised we didn't see any Anthony Richardson. I know they said he was a little banged up with with a hamstring injury. And, you know, they muck it up. You know, they're kind of, they're, they ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball extremely well in this game. Emory Jones ran for 77 yards. Davis ran for 86. Look, they ran for 200, for just under 250 yards against this Alabama front seven. They averaged over almost six yards a carry. And they really kind of pushed around the Alabama front seven, which is really surprising. And, which is, which makes it even more surprising is that, like, if you're Alabama, like, you knew Florida was going to run the ball a ton. Because let's be honest, like, if you watch the game, Emory Jones, not a great thrower of the football. He he threw the pick early, and you know, he missed some wide-open guys, and he's just, he has to develop as a passer. And but yeah, I was really impressed with Florida. Like I said, they played way better than I think anybody was really expecting. And second quarter, they, they muck it up, they slow the game down. They run the football. They're running the clock. They end up scoring, you know, six points. They they hold Alabama. So we go into halftime, twenty-one to nine, and then third quarter comes around. Florida comes out, scores, and it was kind of the same thing. The game really slowed down from the second quarter on, which allowed Florida to get back into it. Obviously, you know, they they score the touchdown in the fourth quarter, have a chance to tie it up with with a two-point conversion, and they don't get it. Great play by you know the the Alabama defense. Florida went to run that read option, which had been working the whole game, and obviously you know Alabama came up with a big stop. So tip of the cap to them. Bright now let's let's get over to Alabama here. Bryce Young he was electric in the first quarter, like he absolutely lit Florida up in the first quarter. 
But after that, man, he was just, man. You know, I didn't think he was great after that. I didn't think he was bad either, though. He was just very kind of average, very middle of the road. Um, But, you know, look, it was his first true road game. You know, he'll continue to improve as the year goes on and as he continues to play in those intense environments like the Swamp and places like that. I thought that they didn't run the ball as well as, as I thought they would. I was impressed with Florida's defense. I thought Florida's defense played well. You know, they made some adjustments there after the first quarter and played really well after that. I love this Robinson, though. This Robinson kid, though, for Alabama. He's awesome. Love the way he runs. Tough, physical. And, yeah, so really impressed with Florida. I think a lot of people were extremely surprised at how well they played. I know I I was. I I still can't believe that the game was as close as it was. So we're going to move on. To the biggest game of Saturday, you know, Penn State and Auburn, you know, game day was there. Penn State had a wideout. You know, it was just set up for an awesome game, which we got. And I want to start with Penn State. Penn State, dude, played really well. You know, Sean Clifford, 28-32. That is absurd for 280 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. They, they didn't run the ball super well. You know, ran it 33 times, averaging two and a half yards a carry. I mean, they really struggled to run the football against this Auburn front seven. But look, they, yeah, they played well. And this Dotson kid, Dotson for Penn State, the wide receiver, number five. Oh, my gosh. That dude's different. Oh, he's so good. And that was really kind of Penn State's offense. They're like, We're, how do we get Dotson the ball? How do we get him open? How do we throw it to him? Because, look, he's... He was their best player on offense, and they, you know, did a great job of getting him the ball. He went up, made some, some fantastic plays in the air, and like if you're Auburn, like how do you not know that that they're gonna go to this guy? Okay, like they they couldn't get anything going on the ground, so they said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get the ball in, in our best player's hands. And look, I thought that the Auburn secondary was better than what it was, and part of it too is Auburn got no pressure. They didn't get a single pressure. The entire game. And like, here, let's let's look here. I know that Auburn didn't record a sack. And when you watch them rush the passer, there, there was no moves. There was no swim moves. Everything was a bull rush. And it was just rough. There were some busted coverages on the back end. Yeah, so Auburn had zero sacks, only one, qu- excuse me, one sack, and one, one quarterback hurry. That's it. They got no pressure on Sean Clifford. Now, I know that they did the whole rush three, drop eight. But if you're going to do that, you can't have busted coverages in the secondary like they had. And when they blitzed Sean Clifford early in the game, you know, they heated him up a little bit. Sean Clifford didn't look great. He almost threw a pick on on the one time that Auburn blitzed. So I just, I don't know why Auburn didn't try to heat up Sean Clifford a little bit more. So with that, let's look at Auburn's offense, right? Because the big question coming into this game is what is the offense going to look like? How is Bonix going to do in a road game? We know he struggled on the road. And look, if I had to give Bonix a grade, he's, you know, C plus, B minus. He played well enough for Auburn to win. Obviously, you know, he didn't play well enough to throw him to a win. 21 of 37, 185 yards. You know, very game manager kind of game. They were very balanced. You know, they ran the ball 40 times, threw it 39. Tank Bigsby, 23 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. I thought he played well. The Hunter kid is absolutely electric. I was surprised that Auburn didn't try to run the ball more with Bo Nix. You know, I figured that, you know, they they try and use his legs a little bit more than what they did. You know, when he ran, it was mainly, you know, 
pass play breaks down, he would scramble. But Auburn's got some problems. The defensive line has to improve. The offensive line needs to improve as well. And the talent on the outside is lacking. You know, they didn't have, you know, a Dotson like like Penn State had. They, they didn't have a guy on the outside who could go up and make plays. And to win big games like this, you need a guy like that on the outside. Now, let's look at, you know, the, the glaring question here with this Auburn game. The one thing that sticks out to you like a sore thumb, the fourth and two call. It is one of the worst fourth and two calls I've ever seen. Okay, you have a chance to tie up the game. And you run a low percentage fade. Don't even involve your best player. Like like they didn't fake it to tank to tank Bigsby. They didn't do anything. He didn't touch the ball. He was nowhere near the ball. And look, like when we look at this Auburn roster, the three best players on this Auburn offense are Bo Nix, Tank Tank Bigsby, and and the Hunter kid. And you have them throw a, a fade route to a freshman wide receiver. It just doesn't make any sense and look when you're in these big spots in these big plays and games arise don't think plays okay you don't like forget you know a lot of people say you know pull out your best fourth and two play or whatever no pull out your best tank Bigsby play do something to get your best player involved and I was really surprised that they didn't even make an attempt to get the ball to tank Bigsby in any way shape or form I don't care if they lined it up in the I formation and, and ran it straight. Like as long as Tank Bigsby touches the ball, I just I can't believe that that they didn't do more to get him involved in that play. So that's gonna do it for this segment. When we come back, we'll do something pretty short on, on Monday Night Football tonight. Packers Lions shouldn't be a game, but you know who knows with the Packers right now. So we're gonna take a short break and then we'll be back with more shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more shooting the Schmidt. Gonna preview or preview, I guess. That was in quotes. I forgot you guys can't see me. <laughs> and uh, tonight's Monday Night Football game, Packers-Lions. Shouldn't be close. Last time I checked, the line's like minus 11.5 for the Packers. Should be a blowout. But look, people think Aaron Rodgers has quit, and we're going to find that out tonight. You know, last week they, they played a good Saints team. This week they're playing against a bad Lions team. And depending on how he looks tonight, I think we're going to have a pretty clear indication of whether or not you know he's invested out there in Green Bay. So we're going to find out a lot tonight. I'll be watching just to see that, just to see how committed Aaron Rodgers is to this Green Bay Packers team. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you guys so much for listening. You know, feel free to go find me on social media at jschmidt underscore four or at shooting underscore the underscore Schmidt. And yeah, so that's going to do it here. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of NFL. It's going to be really good. I'm really excited. I've already started prepping for for Wednesday. So once again, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to y'all on Wednesday. (laughs) 